Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Well, hey, I'm so glad you're here. If you are new, my name is Caleb. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the opportunity to bring today's message. We are in a series in the book of Genesis. We've been walking chapter by chapter through the book of Genesis for the last almost a full year, and uh, God's been doing amazing things, but we are in the finale, the final countdown. Four weeks left as we look at the life, uh, the life, the life, the life of Joseph. Uh, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to be reading from there here in a moment, but I want to talk to you about dreaming. The title of my message is Wisdom for the Dreamer. Man, I look out here today and I see some dreamers in the house. Man, I think we got a lot of dreamers in this church. And uh, I think about myself growing up. You know, I had a dream as a young man. My dad actually raised me to be a baseball player. If you didn't know Randy, I know he's, he's, he's not as young as he used to be, but he played baseball in college. And so he, he had me in baseball from when I was four years old. And so I remember being young. My first professional game I ever went to was a San Francisco Giants game, I think. And I remember being like, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. That's the dream. And then a few years later, I started playing soccer, and baseball was kind of boring. And I was like, never mind. I'm going to be a professional soccer player. And then I started watching, you know, professional soccer, and I realized they barely score any goals. And I was like, this is tiring, or this is uh, boring. And then I was like, around seventh, eighth grade, I said, I'm going to be a basketball player. And so I transitioned to to basketball in eighth grade, played for the first time in my life, organized basketball. I was about four feet, seven inches tall, uh, point guard, third string point guard on my eighth grade basketball team. And, uh, and somehow, even though I was terrible, I, I had it in my mind that I'm dreaming I'm going to be an NBA player. That was it. But it's funny, as the years went by, I quickly realized that was not going to happen and God began to give me another dream, a dream of planting a church, of being a pastor and starting a church uh, from nothing and seeing what God could do. And then God gave us the dream of a church in the heart of the city. But, you know, it's funny that even in seeing some dreams die and then other dreams be birthed, even in the process of this dream, we started this church with six people 10 years ago. And seeing this dream um, in process, it's funny that even now here we are with our own building. We've got a coffee shop. We've got a co-working space upstairs. We have an amazing uh, location in the heart of the city. It's so often I don't feel like the dream is fulfilled. And I think that the tension we find ourselves in as dreamers is that we have a dream and then we have the fulfillment of the dream, but most of us are in the gap in between. Some of us have not even seen the dream begin to be birthed. It's just in our hearts. 
Some of us are like me, and even as the dream is happening, we still don't feel like it's being fulfilled. Like, no, I thought there would be something different to it. I thought there would be something more to it. And so the tension we find ourselves in is the gap between the dream and the fulfillment. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. This wisdom for the dreamers is wisdom in the gap for the dreamers. Everybody say, in the gap. Let's read Genesis chapter 37. We're looking at the story of Joseph. Joseph being the son of Isaac. If you've missed some of this series, I'd encourage you to go back. We've been on a journey in it, walking through this book of the Bible. It's been incredible. But now here we are coming to the end. Genesis 37. I'm starting in verse number one. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. A lot of people having babies right now in our church, so if you're looking for some names, there you go. Maybe we got little baby Bilhah, baby Zilpah, just about to be birthed. His father's wives... And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons. Much like me, right, mom and dad? Your favorite son? I'm just joking. He's not here, my, my brother, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> loved him more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. So even if you didn't grow up in church, you've maybe heard of this person named Joseph in this coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream. Everybody say dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Their levels of hate are increasing. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. It just keeps going. Then he dreamed another dream told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. You know, we are in this gap, this tension between our dream and the dream coming to fruition. Most of us are there. And I think that Joseph's journey is a paradigm of how we live between the dream and the fulfillment of it. And so this should be practical for all of us here today. No matter what stage of life we find ourselves in, I think we all can identify with the gap. Because even if you've built that business... I know that it doesn't feel like the dream is fully fulfilled. And I know that because I'm there. Started a church and yet not feeling like the dream is fully fulfilled. Even that the dream is as fulfilling at times as I thought it would be. And we're going to get there. 
So I want to talk to you about the wisdom in the gap for the dreamers. First thought is you need to embrace your different. This is wisdom in the gap for the dreamers in this house. Joseph was 17 years old when he had a dream and his brothers hated him. And then they hated him all the more. And then they hated him even more. You see, their hate, their disdain only increased as he told his dreams to them. And yet, I think about it, you see, one of the reasons that they already didn't like him, it wasn't just that their father favored him. It wasn't just that their father loved him more. You see, they saw he was different because he was from a different mother. The only one. Until his younger brother is born. From the, the wife that, that uh, Isaac loved the most. And so there was already this, this disconnect, this disconnection. And yet Joseph, knowing how his brothers felt about him. He, knew, he was not, I'm sure, blind to it. He still chose to wear the coat. And so I want to ask you a question. Are you courageous enough to wear your coat? No, I'm not talking about a literal coat. I'm talking symbolically. You see, a dream will make you bold. A dream will make you different. And so my question is, are you willing to embrace your different because of the dreams that God has placed in your heart? You see, if we are living committed to what God has put in us, we should look different than the world. We're clothed different. We think different. Our heart is different. We love different. And God's people should be different. And so I'm asking you, would you embrace your different? Joseph was clothed in the fabric of the favor of his father. And somebody needs to receive this in this place because you felt like your dream has made you different all these years. And I want to tell you, yes, because you are clothed in a different favor. God has placed different favor on your life. And that dream is unique and it's special. And that comes with a unique favor on your life. And some of you have begun to resent it because people look at you different because of what God has put in you. And I want to tell you, embrace the different embrace the favor God has on your life and walk in the confidence of the coat that God has clothed you in. God's people look different. Now, don't be different just to be different. I know y'all that do that. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, I'm just going to wear something wild today just to mess with them. Just to be different. But being different because of your values. Be different because of the morals rooted in God's word that God has placed on you as his child. Be different because of the dream that God has placed in your heart. That's the different that people will get behind. I don't want us to dumb down our different so we can conform to what this culture says we should be. And I found that the more like Christ that, that I become, the more different from this culture I'll look. And so when I look out at the church, I wonder, why do we not look different? 
Like you should be the best worker at your job. You should be different. You should always be on time. I don't care what culture you come from. You should be the hardest worker in that place. You should be the one that doesn't engage in the gossip, but you step away from the gossip. You should be the one that doesn't tell the dirty jokes. You say, no, I'm going to elevate the level of, of, of speaking and talking in this place. I'm not going to speak down to people. I'm going to call people up. You should look different as a follower of Jesus. Being normal is overrated. Everybody say, I'm different. Come on, one more time. Just say, I'm different. You know, I, I remember going off to college in Missouri, and Chrissy talked a little bit about it last week, but, you know, I'm from Sacramento, born and raised. Uh, grew up, you know, off of Calvine Road, Vintage Park. Come on, holler at your boy. And uh, if you don't know, that's all right. But, but, you know, I grew up here, and so I go off to, to Missouri. I joke, I called it misery at the time. And, uh, God called me there to go to Bible college, and I roll up, and you know, I'm like all tan, and I even went to the tanning bed back then. I don't recommend it. I'm going to pay for that later in life, but um, I had the frosted tips. Come on, it was the NSYNC days, church. Your boy has really curly hair naturally. I had like an afro, frosted tips, rolling in tan, puka shell necklace. I'm laced in Abercrombie and Fitch, head to toe. Your boy was drippy. And I walk into Missouri to this Bible college and everyone's looking at me like, he's different. Where are you from? But some of us, it's funny because we think about the exterior. But when I'm talking about the different, I'm talking about the heart. You see, God's people, our heart shows up. It shows in how we treat people. It, cho it shows in how we love people. It shows in how we operate in our jobs and with our friends. It shows in our home and how we steward what we've been given. Embrace your difference. Second, I got to keep moving because we need to baptize some people. Come on, church. Second today, wisdom in the gap for the dreamers is we need to share the dreams cautiously. Now, I've gone back and forth with how I was going to teach this to you today, because to be honest, I've heard it taught that like Joseph talked too much and shouldn't have said what he said to his brothers. He already knew they disdained him. They hated him. They were jealous of him. And yet he keeps telling them like, y'all are going to bow down to me. <laughs> Check out this dream. It, it, it's awesome. And they're like, no, it's not awesome. We hate you. <laughs> but it's funny, right? Because God actually used him sharing about his dream to lead him to the fulfillment of the dream. Like God used it. So I don't know, like part of me thinks he was walking in obedience. Like he was supposed to tell them the dreams. But that's the key here. It's not that, well, Joseph told him, so we should tell everyone our dream. No, I think the key here is obedience. And that's what I want to focus on here. Is that if God is telling you to share the dream, then share the dream. But sometimes God will bring people or, or, or people will come across your path that God hasn't brought to you and God will actually tell you, don't tell them. 
And it comes down to obedience. And I think back to right before Chris and I planted our church, we met with this other couple who was in ministry. And, and this couple, they started telling us all about their dreams that they had for ministry. And then they began to ask us about our dreams. They're like, tell us, what do you see for your future? And, and it was funny because my wife, like, she, she, she shares, church. She's a sharer. Your boy, not as much, but you know, like in that setting, like typically with a couple like that, we would have just poured it out. Like, here's what we see God doing, and here's the dream we have. And it was interesting because in that moment, I felt like God said, no, don't tell him. We already had in our hearts and our minds to plant a church and that it was going to be in the heart of the city. And, and we felt like God said, no, don't tell him. And so we both were just like, oh, yeah, we're just doing what we're doing right now. And that's cool that you guys have that dream. I love hearing it. And we didn't tell them. And then fast forward about a year later, we begin the process of planning Project Church in the heart of the city. And that same couple, he called me. And he was upset. He was angry. He said, you didn't tell me that you were going to do this. Why wouldn't you tell me? And now you're doing this. We even asked you. And I said, with all love and humility and respect, I don't owe you anything. I said, in that moment, I didn't tell you because God told me not to tell you. And your response right now tells me that I was right. So all I'm saying is be obedient and be cautious in who you're sh you share your dreams with because you could share it with someone who could speak words of death over your dream. They could try to hijack your dream. They could try to undercut your dream. And so use wisdom in who you share your dream with. Share your dreams cautiously. Third, we got to be dedicated to the development. You see, if we're going to have wisdom in the gap, we got to be dedicated to the development. And I'm not talking about the development of the dream. Because I think sometimes we're just like, how do I develop the dream? I mean, I look around this room, I see all these entrepreneurs, business owners, right? Uh, uh, people who have, who have big plans and big dreams for their lives. And I think the development we're always thinking is about the dream. But when I'm saying be dedicated to the development, I'm talking about the development of you. I'm talking about who does God want you to become in the gap between the dream and the fulfillment of the dream. You see, Joseph goes through a journey. And we're going to get there, chapter 40. He ends up in Pharaoh's house where he says, Pharaoh, tell me your dream. He says, Pharaoh, tell me your dream, and I'll hopefully be able to give you an interpretation of that dream. He went from telling his own dreams to now listening to other people's dreams. He went from being about his own dream to now interpreting others' dreams. I'm telling you, at 17, he wouldn't have been ready to be in that place. But years later, now he's about 40 years old. He's ready to be in a different place to step into fulfillment of the dream that God had given him. God had developed him. God developed, develops dreams in the dark room. Y'all remember the dark rooms? 
See, this is before digital photography. Like, some of y'all are too young. You don't even remember this. Uh, and so how they would develop photography is they would take them, and then they'd take these sheets, and they'd go into the dark room, and they'd put them in this liquid, and they'd hang them up. And I don't know how it all works. I'm no chemist. But, but I know that they would do it. And then in the dark room, the picture would develop. What am I talking about? The development that God wants is your heart. It's your character. It's who you are. It's your integrity. It's the person he needs you to be to step into the fulfillment. And it only happens in the dark places. It only happens on your knees. It only happens in the prayer room. It only happens when you're seeking God daily and allowing him to develop you into who he wants you to be. You see, dreams are often delayed but we have to trust God more than we trust in our dream. Some of you are putting all your hopes and faith in your dream instead of your hopes and faith in your God. I've seen it. The development, listen to me, the development, it hurts. It's painful. Being developed is not easy. Being changed and molded and often broken down to be rebuilt. And God pulling out that which has been rooted in you. The, the wrong and the, the, the ugly. It hurts. But that's what God wants for your life. He wants to develop you so you're prepared for the fulfillment that he has for you. Like I think about me at 31. When we started this church. Chrissy and I. 31 years old. And I think... In the 10 years, we've grown little by little. We've grown and grown and grown. And there's been times where I've said to God, like, God, I need you to grow this thing faster. And you know what God said to me over and over? He said, you're not ready. I'm still teaching you. I'm still developing you. And I'm like, God, yes, I am. He's like, no. I got something else to develop in you, to teach you. It's a process to bring you to the fulfillment. And a lot of it is just my own selfish ambition. Because at the end of the day, I've realized that much of what I desire was never the dream God gave me. It was the selfish ambition and pride that was in my heart. And the process of being developed is God rooting out the selfish ambition, rooting out the pride, rooting out that which is only about us so he can prepare us for the fulfillment that he has for our dreams. You know, I think about raising kids. My son is right here on the front row and he's already in his I Love Jesus shirt. Because uh, he's 11 years old, and he's getting baptized today. But, but listen, this has been a process. It's been a development process. Because he has been the most inquisitive child I've ever been around. Like this dude at 6, 7, 8 years old would ask me 450 questions a day. And I would have to limit him. I'd be like, bro, your, your questions for the day are up. I got no more in me to answer. Call me, me a papa or something, because I'm done. And so I'd have to be like, you got one more, bro. This is your last one of the day. 
And, but, but through the years, he's asked me more questions about death, heaven, and hell, and God. And how do we know this is real? And what if it's all in our heads, right? You've asked me this. And, and, and I, Dad, I heard about evolution. What if it did just happen by a big bang? And, and, and we've had all these conversations. Over, and, and over these years, every time we had a water baptism, after every water baptism, we would talk about it. And I'd be like, Canaan, you want to get baptized? Because, I mean, I had friends whose kids were getting baptized at 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm like, Canaan, come on, bro. I'm the pastor of the church. You need to get baptized, bro. You're making me look bad. But we were committed to the development. And so I answered question after question. We had conversation after conversation. And last week, Madeline, our kids pastor, posted a message to me. And Chrissy said, hey, Canaan just told me he wants to be baptized next week. I said, he told you? I've been having this conversation with him for 10 years. And so he got home from school that day. I said, Canaan, I heard you want to get baptized. He said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. He said, Dad, I'm ready. I understand it. And I'm ready to take the next step. So we're going to go out there here in a moment. And he's going to be a part of the baptisms. But it's about the development. And, and I want to challenge you. It's, it's you and who God's developing you to be. But it's also what God has put in your hands to steward. Are you allowing it to develop in his timing? Because we always want to fast forward the process, don't we? We always want the fulfillment of the dream in our timing. We always want it now, and we want it our way. But it's about being committed, dedicated to the development that God has for our lives. And then finally, fourth, we have to acknowledge that we've only seen in part. This is the wisdom and the gap. For the dreamers. Can I tell you about your dream? Can I tell you something? You've only seen in part. Think about Joseph. What does he see? He sees his brothers. And he sees his family. Bowing down to him. That's all he sees. He only sees the good. He only sees the fulfillment. He doesn't see the pain in the process. You know, I just watched the movie Air this last week, and it, it's about um, how Nike signed Michael Jordan, and which, which built Nike to the mega thing that it is. Your boy's rocking some Jordans today. Let's go. <laughs> Jordan ones. And... Uh, And I watched this movie, and it was 90 minutes. And in 90 minutes, it went from a dream to fulfillment of the dream. And it was like, oh, wow, that was cool. That was quick. Nike, just kill it. Like, boom, there you go. And now they are what they are. Biggest shoe company in the world. And it's like, no, no, no. It took a lot more than 90 minutes 
They showed you a little pain, but I guarantee you there was way more pain in that process than they were able to show us in a few scenes in a movie. And I think some of us are looking at our dreams and, and we're looking at the movies and we're looking at other people's lives and we're comparing ourselves and we're saying, God, come on, you've given them it all. Where is my fulfillment? But you don't understand the pain or the process that they've walked through to get there. Like people can look at our church and be like, oh, this is so awesome. Like you guys are so blessed. And I'm like, you don't understand the pain that we walked through for 10 years. You don't understand those first few years when we were running out of money, me and Chrissy, every single month. You don't understand the pain of the process of, of, of dealing with hurt and, and gossip and backstabbing and slander and challenges. You see, so often we think every dream and every fulfillment we see came with no pain. But can I tell you, it's never what you thought it would be. Because you've only seen in part. Let me tell you about Joseph. He didn't see betrayal of his brothers. He didn't see himself being sold into slavery. He didn't see Egypt. He didn't see Potiphar's wife trying to sleep with him and then falsely accusing him, which led him to being in prison for years. He didn't see himself showing up to Pharaoh's house in a famine. All he sees is the good of his family bowing down to him. And that's not much. Dreams are always harder than you think they'll be. Always. You see, I think so many of us, we just want to know the future. Like I remember praying that I just want to know the future. I remember praying like, God, I, who's my wife? Show me my wife. Is she hot? Come on, God. Like I remember being single and being like, God, I just need her. Like, come on. Like, can we fast forward this? I remember the process of wanting to know the future. And I think that even in this day and age, uh, in, in ancient times, and in, in the Bible, it talks about this thing of divination. They were obsessed back then with knowing the future too. So they would go to divination and witchcraft. They would try to speak to spirits and br uh, raise the dead and talk to the dead because they wanted someone to tell them about the future. And I think this is the greatest deceit that we catch ourselves in in today's culture is we long to know the future. And still practice today. So what do we do today? We, we play around with astrology, with Ouija boards. We mess around with witchcraft. Why? Because we want to know the future. So we can control the future. Because if we control the future, we don't have to trust in God. And so when I say you've only seen in part, I need you to hear me. It's not about your dream coming to pass. It's about God having your heart. Any dream that we can control and is even only reliant on what we do is not a very big dream. We need dreams and we need dreamers in the church that would say this would only be possible with God. Like, this could not come to pass in my strength. It's only possible if God is on it. Yes. 
So here's what I need you to acknowledge today. My final charge to you. Acknowledge today that if your dream happens, it's going to happen way different than you think. First, I need you to acknowledge today that if the dream is from God, some of you have seen dreams die. If the dream is from God, it will be resurrected and it will be way better than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Acknowledge today that if a dream died, that God has a better, greater, bigger, and different dream for your life. I'm speaking dreams over God's house today pre prophetically. But listen, I don't want your dreams to be your God. I want them to be a gift from God. Too many of us are wanting our dreams to complete us. Jerry Maguire, remember? Like, you complete me. And we just think if our dream comes to fruition, we will finally be fulfilled. We will finally be complete. I'm here to tell you, you are complete apart from a dream. You are complete because God has already claimed you as his. He says, my son, my daughter, I love you and I'm pleased by you. Whether you're killing it in this life or you fail time and time again. He approves of you and he loves you just as you are. So listen, Joseph was a dreamer. And I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage you that you would dream big. We need bigger dreams in the house of God. We need more dreamers in God's people. We need dreams to be released and, and, and be co committed to by the, those who follow Christ. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to impart God dreams to us. They can't be man-made dreams. They can't be manufactured dreams. We need a house of God that says, I want the Spirit to release a dream in my heart that could only be from Him. Yes. It's not from us. The best thing about a dream coming to pass isn't the dream coming to pass. It's that you have been changed through the process of dreaming. And I think we just want that fulfillment because we think it will complete us. But there's only one person that can complete you and his name is Jesus. And apart from him, you can do nothing, you are nothing, and no dream will ever fulfill the hole in your life. Only Jesus can fill that hole. And I'm, living I'm a living testimony because I'm walking out a dream and there's times I'm like, this is not fulfilling me. This church, pastoring it, I'm just being honest with you. You want to know why? Because only Jesus can fulfill me. Only Jesus can complete me. And so may there be dreams released in this house today, but may we be more committed to allow our lives to be all in for Jesus first and foremost. Because if they are, he will make us into who he wants us to be. And then we'll step into the purposes and the dreams. And I believe the fulfillment will come. I just want us to testify right now testify right now. If you've ever had a dream that came to fruition, I want you to lift your hand right now. If you've had a dream come to fruition, lift your hand in this house. Look, hands going up all around the room. Can we stop and take a five-second praise break and give God a shout in this place for the dreams that have been fulfilled, 
in the house of God. Some of you, you couldn't raise your hand. I'm here to tell you, it's coming. It may not be what you thought it would be. It may be a different dream, but I'm telling you, if you trust God, it will be greater than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I'm speaking over your life. A fulfillment and a dream is coming. In Jesus' name, I speak it today. Would you bow your heads with me across this room? You say to me, Caleb, Caleb, I, I gotta be honest. I don't know Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Maybe you ran from God. You turned your back on God. You tried to do it in your strength, your way. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Caleb, to be real, I put my whole faith in the dream and the fulfillment of it and not in the Savior of the world, Jesus. If that's you and you need to right now give your life to Jesus, recommit yourself to Jesus, surrender your heart to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand right now in this room. Go. If that's you, go. Yes. 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 Anyone else? Yes. 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 I see those hands. You can put them down. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus, today I invite you into my life to be my Savior, to be my God. Change me. Make me new. I'm nothing without you. Lord, I ask you right now that you would fulfill me. Not anything of this world, no dream, only you. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stand your Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.